Welcome to Thirsty on Tune, where we drink wine and read webtoons. Hi, I'm your co-host Bronwyn, your webtoon obsessive, dopamine addicted, idiots in love, and slow burn sommelier. And I'm your co-host Chris, webtoons acolyte, enemies to lovers lover, and banter core aficionado. So pull up a page, pour yourself a drink, and let's dive in. You're thirsty on Maine, we're thirsty on Tune. Hello. Are you ready to uh, read some non-graphic books with me? I am so ready. (laughs) This is really exciting. This is really exciting. So Shots, Shots, Chaser is our special segment at the end of episodes that this one, though, has gotten so big it's its own episode. Shots, 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 shots. So we're here for you on a pre-gaming Monday to help you get through the week before you can have your thirsty Thursday. Exactly. And we're talking about not a comic. (laughs) But when you're in the mood for something more long form, have we got a treat for you? Do you want something that's spicier than Webtoons is allowed to be by like (laughs) 5 billion? (laughs) And we all know the answer is yes. So you're safe here. If the answer isn't yes, why are you listening to a show called Thirsty? (laughs) (laughs) Because we all know it's not for the cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) We are reading Gay Wolf Book. Yeah, we are. And it took us how many weeks of co-reading this before we learned that that wasn't its real name? I mean, a lot of weeks, like probably (laughs) at least a month. (laughs) I, at this point, have recommended this series to everyone who has ever met me and their cousin. Yeah. And each conversation has gone like, that sounds great. What is it called? I, yeah, <laughs> I actually have gotten to the point where I've stopped having to look it up. Yes. I remember what it's called now. Yes. But that doesn't stop me from calling it Gay Wolf Book. No, no. It, people who know us know it as Gay Wolf Book because of us at this mm-hmm. point. Like we're at Hot Pumpkin Daddy level of sight- yes. saturation. A hundred percent. I drank too much wine to try to say a word that long. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in the perfect state to start discussing Big Bad Wolf series by Charlie Adhara. <laughs> Charlie Adhara! <laughs> AKA and- Gay Wolf Books. <laughs> gay Wolf book. At this point, I don't care what she writes. Charlie Adhara can tell me that she is writing something in my least favorite genre about my least favorite concept, and I'd be like, sure, sign yep. me up. Is- consider it pre-ordered. <laughs> yeah, she is an auto-buy now. Like, yeah. you know, if I see her name pop up, I'm like, give it give yep. it in fact i have pre-ordered her next book <laughs> i i will be shortly that yeah. i haven't yet mostly because i haven't found it yet fair enough I'll, mostly I'll because the link. <laughs> yeah i i just i i have started rereading the gay wall books again right right because <laughs> i haven't been to the store how many times have you read them <laughs> i mean there's no need to come at me that hard. <laughs> i have read all five only once technically but if we count the amount of times i just flipped back and reread the same scene 
It's more than that. Oh yeah. I mean, we are not counting how many times you go back and read one scene because that's not okay. And, right. you know, I feel attacked. Um, but <laughs> I've definitely it? read all of the books twice and yeah. a couple of them I'm on my third way through. Yeah. If this wasn't an e-read, uh, the book, the spine of the book would be broken at this point from my flipping backward and forward as mm-hmm. I reread the same scene (laughs) they're so good some of them are so funny and so touching and like literally I go from emotion to emotion just yeah yeah seamlessly absolutely 100 percent. it's perfect it is (laughs) it is and but it's like it's it's just comforting yeah you know these are these are heartwarming characters that are relatable but also disaster enough to be funny and (laughs) the story is engaging and well-paced and it's just fun which I think we all need a little bit more of it is my platonic ideal of what a book series is (laughs) (laughs) if I if which is saying something because these books are not platonic (laughs) oh they are not if Truly, if aliens came down for this to this planet and were like, what is one book series? I don't know why this is the metaphor I'm choosing, but here we go. What is one book series you would give us to let us know what the best possible thing you could have is on this planet? I would be like Charlie and Hera's Big Bad Wolf series. Right? Like, they're just so much fun. It's just such a pleasure. Yes. I love it. Um, I, I feel about these books the way I feel about the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Like smarter than you think they sh- are if you haven't watched them so much fun very gay <laughs> <laughs> i think i would go so far as to say these books are smarter they are smarter they are smarter for sure easily they are yes but uh but they, fast and furious isn't trying to be so that's no, you know no insult no. to them they are achieving what they set out to achieve yes which is training sharks yeah. And then jumping sharks with other sharks attached to cars. <laughs> Sometimes you jump sharks with other sharks. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is way smarter. And we will get into it because themes for days. Yes. Let's start with a blurb. Let's start with a blurb. I understand you wrote one for us. I did. Very simple, very small. But we have Agent Cooper Dayton gets partnered with werewolf Oliver Park and hijinks, romance, and chaos ensue. Five books later. I have a new comfort read series and a desperate desire to find out when book six can be expected. (laughs) Please. Yes, please. And for the record, five just came out and I don't care. I I want it now. Six, please. I've already spent an embarrassing amount of time Googling when book six will come out and there is no answer. No, because because five just came out. It literally just came out. In her defense. (laughs) Moments ago, five hit e-shelves and... Yeah. I don't, I don't care. I want the nope. next one now. <laughs> this should already be planned. There should I'm, be something I mean, on I'm the sure schedule. It is, but uh, how dare books take time? <laughs> yeah. I am aware, but I also have needs. Yes, and I will say I have a thing about series uh, in that I'm terrible at finishing them. Um, just classically bad at not abandoning a series. That was never a thought with these. I, mm-hmm. I no. Mm-mm. I I love it. <laughs> I, had, I honestly, if I'm being completely, completely truthful here, I did have a moment bet- after book one mm-hmm. because I was going back and rereading pieces of book one and book one was so satisfying Yes, yes. and it was so good that I was, yes. uh, I had a moment of being deeply concerned about sophomore slump. Uh, yes, that's fair. I did worry that too. Then you started book two. Yeah. 
And you were like, it's so good. And I was like, all right, okay, I'm in. Yes. And then you read the next four while I was reading book two. Yes, that's true. Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) And so then by the time I had a chance to worry about three, four, and five, you'd already read them. So it was fine. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. It is a series that does not drop off. Not for a second. No, it like really I, doesn't. I can tell you which are my favorite books, but it's by a margin, like a just a hair mm-hmm. that I just particularly like the plots of two of the books. And I'll tell you when. I already know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> it's the ones you think it is. But, uh, <laughs> but barely. <laughs> I know. it's They're so good. They're so good. And like for genre, I would, you know, obviously paranormal yes. romance, yes. but it's like paranormal romance who done it styles with disaster yes. gay meets better at hiding it gay. hundred percent. hundred percent. I would say, think of your favorite AO3 tags. And the answer is yes. Right? <laughs> it is enemies to lovers. It is slow burn, but don't worry, not that slow. It, <laughs> it is smut. There is hurt comfort. There is wump galore. There is angst. There is humor. There is so much banter core. We're back to banter core. Love it. So good. It's everything. I mean, there's found family. Like Mm -hmm. if you want it, it's got it. Like, you know how a lot of times you'll read a series and you go to AO3 to get that like little kick of something that you want. You don't have to. No, it's all here. Already there. And it is the highest quality version. I think my favorite thing about this series is that the main characters learn. Yes. <laughs> Which I know is a silly thing, but I just I really love that. I love that they actually, and they actually say, okay, well, this happened and I got this out of that. Right. And I'm changing my behavior or making an attempt. I'm trying. They are not perfect. They mess up all the time and that's fantastic. And they find new and exciting ways to mess up. And so, you know, like there's still drama and like there's, you know, but it's not driven by them repeating the same mistakes over and over again or failing to learn from those mistakes or, you know, which I find so, I'm so grateful for. And I find it refreshing and just really enjoyable. I would venture to say I've never seen it done this well. Yes. Never. Like, I mean, even in a series where characters learn, I feel like there's a, there's a false narrative of growth being a straight line up, right? Like you've conquered the problem. Now you're better, which is not life. No, (laughs) you know, you've conquered the problem and that revealed there was yet another problem for you to conquer and fix one thing, break another. Right. Yeah. And, you know, fixing this thing gave you the mental space to work on the other thing, you know, like it is so real. Yeah. And I love it so much. And these, these characters are very fully fleshed out people, which is really nice. Yes. Um, up to, and including their insecurities and anxieties and so much, so much. (laughs) Yeah. When we were reading this, so we, we buddy read that, I mean, insofar as I, I can buddy read with you at the speed you read. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? I, I am what it. I am. I love it. This is not a criticism. It's a celebration. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> um, but uh, I, it's like a, if we were doing a three-legged race, but you've already passed the finish line somehow. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I waited several days to start the fifth I book. <laughs> I, I was so impressed. I, this is, I, it's impressive. Um, especially because I never waited to read any of these. <laughs> 
just was like, I'm gone. As soon as I get there, we're getting it. I'm pretty sure I read one and bought the whole series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not even. I'm, I probably read three chapters and then bought the whole series because I was like, I'm going to need these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were buddy ready together. And there was a moment in book one, I think, where we both boldly said the line to each other. I don't think we relate to the characters of this book. Yeah. <laughs> More the fool us. That? Good Lord. The way that I'm Cooper and you're Park. <laughs> Whoa. What level of denial was it? When oh. we were like, no, they're not like us. We at hit all. every level of denial, I think, that exists. I mean, we are, and I think I even said this at the time. We are, we were socialized as, you know, both, I'm not a woman, but we we're both socialized as women. Yes. So I think that's where the difference lies. Yeah. And we've both been to therapy. That's that also is where the difference part lies. Of the difference. <laughs> but without those two factors, if we had been raised with toxic masculinity and not therapy. Yeah. Oh God, I don't think there'd be a difference. <laughs> I mean, if I turn into a wolf, that's about it. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. God. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was pretty funny. It was there. I don't remember the moment when I went, oh no. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to publicly take that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because this is the first time we're talking about this, but we're both in such agreement. Oh my god. I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, Jesus, I'm so park. Oh. I know. And I am so Cooper. Like I feel <laughs> the lowest possible bar I do occasionally go at least I'm a little better off but <laughs> lowest bar though like if you took the worst parts of my personality and amplified them Cooper yeah, yeah. right oh, or, the moment the moment when um Park is talking about how people are weirdly drawn to Cooper it was the exact reflection of a conversation you and I have had <laughs> I was literally waiting for Cooper to be described as a romantic weapon of mass destruction. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, that's a story for another time, but is also a fact. (laughs) 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 So I guess we've played our hand a little bit, but who are our favorite characters? I mean, I literally in all caps wrote, you can't make me choose between Coop and Ollie. (laughs) No, there's, there's no world in which you can have one without the other. So no, I also love Boogie. Yeah. Boogie, Boogie, the cat is wonderful. So, all right. If we had to summarize Cooper and Park, Cooper is a, is a, is a weird combination of aggro and charming. (laughs) Cooper's the disaster gay. Such a disaster gay. He, yeah. People are drawn to him as actively he tries to push them away. Oh yeah. (laughs) Park calls him his porcupine. And first of all, so cute. And second of all, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Accurate. And Park is the like strong, quiet type to hide the fact that he is a ball of fluff and anxiety inside. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you feel like attacked? <laughs> Maybe <a> little. <laughs> Why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> anyway, Boogie is a cat. We're moving right along. <laughs> I know, right? Boogie's amazing though. Boogie is, is is Cooper's cat who loves Park better. <laughs> yep. Even though Park hates it. <laughs> uh, 
other favorite characters, Eli. I love Eli. Oh my God. He's such a king. Yes. <laughs> Eli is the charming. Is he bisexual or gay? I, do, I don't know why my brain just decided he sure was bisexual. Specifically but... defined actually, just as uh, Ollie's ex. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I assume we'll find out in the uh, spinoff that he's yes. getting. Okay. So Can we sad. just really appreciate a character who yes. waltzes on the scene in book yes. three, yes. licks the main character, <laughs> yes, and gets a spinoff? I love him. <laughs> I love him. He is a shameless flirt, an absolute agent of chaos. Yes. A Loki variant. Loki variant. Loki variant. Loki variant. <laughs> Maybe the most accurate of any one of those we've ever pegged. Like, oh, yeah. And he would love it if we pegged him. Anyway. <laughs> A thousand percent. <laughs> I love Eli. It is it is a really impressive series. So this is another and is part of the reason why I have trouble with series sometimes is when a characters are introduced later on. It is harder for me to have buy-in a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Not in this series. I don't no. care when a character is introduced. If we are meant to like them, I do. Like Dean and Sophie. I'm completely Dean on board. Sophie are on my list too. Right? Dean is, so Dean is Cooper's big brother and Sophie is Cooper's ex-girlfriend and current sister-in-law, which <laughs> is so great. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. So funny. Oh, I love them. It, it's really fun because you get set up with, as Cooper's family is this like sore spot for him. And you, you know, he's going home to meet them. He's bringing Park for the first time and they don't know anything. They don't know there's werewolves. They don't know he's gay. You know, they don't know anything about his life. And then you meet them and you're like, oh, I actually kind of love his family. Like, they're amazing. <laughs> I mean, like his dad raised him poorly. Like there yeah. is no denying that, but has changed significantly in the time he's gone. And Ed is one of my favorite characters too. Like that's his you dad. I, I love Ed. He takes feedback well, which yeah. is an amazing thing to be able to say about somebody. Right. I think we don't get enough that narrative of people changing later in life like that. Yeah. But I've seen it happen. Like, you know, I've seen it yeah. happen in my life with people I know. I, I know. you know, seen it happen with relatives even where like life hits you hard sometimes and you sometimes you come out better for it. And that's yeah. it. You know, he, he had lost his wife, uh, when the kids were young, he really struggled and was obviously not equipped to raise kids on his own, but is now trying to do what he can to make those relationships better. And, and I think effectively I do too. Yeah. He owns what he did. Yeah. Which I think, which is, I think is the first step in any kind of communication. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. I, I would say we'll get into this in themes for sure, but I think that <laughs> effective changing and effective apologizing are one of the best parts of this series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could you use these books as a course in emotional intelligence? Yes, you could. Honestly. <laughs> you honestly God, you could. <laughs> it's impressive. Um, okay, so before we get there, we gotta go ships. Yeah. Oh wait. Never mind. God. I, <laughs> wow this is the second episode we're recording at once <laughs> so wine has been consumed wine is a bit more consumed than usual <laughs> <laughs> so yeah favorite ship for me i mean off the top obviously ollie and coop are otp, OTP. uh they are the sweetest and i would die for that so their relationship is so good yeah it's so good we've talked about this before you and i where it's rare to have a relationship 
that is the center of the story. Like this is a romance. It's other things. Yes. But it is primarily a romance novel that has the main characters get together in the first novel and never break up at all. (laughs) Exactly. There's no breakup arc. There, there are moments when you wonder that if it is going to happen, but there also develops a sense of comfort and safety in this relationship. Yes. And yet there's tension in the relationship because hello, writers out there, you can do that without them breaking up. Yes. Quite successfully. (laughs) Yeah. Because people have tension in their relationships without the relationship being threatened. Yes. Not the, there is not only one conflict that relationships can have, but I I do think there's the tendency to either end the story at the get together point or have a back end, you know, will they, won't they? And this story goes, no, it's interesting enough to not say, will they, won't they, but how will they? Yes. And I love that. Yeah. Because it's true. It is interesting. It is interesting. It's so good. I think a big part of the fact that it, why it's interesting is because they're each individually interesting as people. Yes. It's not relying on their couplehood. Yes. To be interesting. They are interesting because I'm interested in both of them. So I'm interested in seeing how they interact. I'm interested in seeing how they, they talk to each other. I'm interested in seeing their opinions and how they differ and how they are the same and how, you know, they rectify those things. And that interaction is fascinating to me because individually each of them are fascinating absolutely they are yeah they're individually fascinating and the thing they create together is fascinating exactly equal parts all three things yep side ships though obviously dean and sophie yeah 100 percent for days also rudy and chief brown from the first book oh yeah so cute they get a side note in book two that says that there was a public declaration of love and that they're getting engaged and i love that i was like i want it (laughs) I'm so excited about that. And Eli and anyone. No, I'm really excited because I don't know if you've read the description of his spinoff, but it does sound like there's going to be a ship. I'm pretty excited about it. cannot wait. I cannot wait because we haven't seen him in that capacity yet. And I I can't wait. I'm (laughs) dying. I am here for it. I'm here for it. Yes. Yes. So excited for Eli's spinoff. I agree. Ugh. Oh, I wanted to mention, I, this will go in favor shifts, but this is what I was trying to remember about favorite characters. I also like Cooper's former boss, Santiago. Yes, I really do. And she is apparently married to a woman, I believe married or at least partnered. And I would love more of that. Yeah. I want her to get out of that awful job. Yes. Find peace and freedom outside. Yes. And then uh, just be gay and happy. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I do very much love her. We don't get to see much of her, but I do love her. She's really neat. Yeah. I also like uh, Margaret Cola. Yeah. I'm really interested. I, I like her. I'm not sure I trust her. No. Those things don't have to go hand in hand. No. No, we'll uh, get to that in my fan cast. <laughs> good. Yeah. So she's the boss of the... Uh, the so there trust. are two, there are two organizations. <laughs> like we've gotten this far. We've not talked about the plots. <laughs> no, I know at all. <laughs> That's okay. So basically, <laughs> rewind. The, this exists in a world where werewolves are real. As mm-hmm. far as we know, only werewolves. I'm just going to put as far as we know there, because I know how this goes, <laughs> right? We've all been here. <laughs> we've had this thought before. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see but, you. <laughs> I know, right? But werewolves have come out quote unquote to the governments of the world not to the people so the governments are helping maintain the secrecy but allowing the wolves to live and have rights and such kind of 
but asterisk beside the rights um (laughs) big giant ass we'll get into that in themes yeah we will um but theoretically theoretically that's what was supposed to have happened it obviously didn't work that way surprise but there are two agencies there's the human agency the bsi Mm -hmm. which is part of the fbi the bureau of special investigations yes which is super fun throughout the first book of cooper trying to deal with people trying to guess what the hell it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) which fair he's good at Uh, diverting the conversation (laughs) sure is and then there's the trust (laughs) ironically (laughs) named werewolf version of it And so the plot is, you know, basically that's how the two characters meet. One is an agent from one, one is an agent from another. They get paired. And as you said, you're a blurb. Everything stems from that. Yeah. Yeah. So Cola is the head of the trust. Yes. And And Santiago leads the BSI. Yes. So two women in power also. Gotta love love it. it. We love to see it. Yep. You know what? Here's my crack ship. We don't know anything about Santiago's wife. So sorry, Santiago's wife. What about <laughs> Santiago and Cola? I, a, I could get down for that. How I think Cola is also married. It's fine. They're, well, I guess fine. She's, a, she's a wolf. So she's only partnered, but uh, yes. uh, they're, they could all die. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so we don't sorry. need to fridge them. They can I'm be- so sorry. I just want there to be more gay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they could they could just get like not partnered. Exactly. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. But in the series, they could die, is what I'm saying. It's possible. It is possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, perfect. Do you want to start with themes? Oh my god. Uh so <laughs> where to start with themes? Right. Every every book has a theme and then many other themes. <laughs> so many themes. But it at the very least, there's like a central thought in yeah. every book and not in a way it's not preachy at all. Like no. it's not like that. It's just really well explored. It's an effective use of the paranormal yeah. or as social commentary. Absolutely. So we, we have to start where the biggest theme, which is prejudice, racism, oh, yeah. systemic racism and how operating with a broken system just ends up with broken results, regardless of intent. Absolutely. Yeah. So it is interesting because I love mystery as a genre. I love a, I love a procedural show. You know, yep. we've, we've talked about my love of prodigal son on this show as well, but I, in recent years have felt real conflicted about watching them. Ditto. Right. Because there there's, it's hard to watch something that is, you know, ostensibly your main character, your heroes are part of a system that, you know, in reality is not benefiting people. You yeah. Know, I can't wrap my head around propaganda anymore. Just can't do it. No. And you know, some shows have tried to walk that balance. I assume some books have too, though. I honestly have encountered this less in the book world than in shows at this point to like, how, how do we deal with this, but still be what we are. And I don't know that the answer is you can do that. Um, you know, I, I think, Prodigal Son was one that tried to let's talk about it. And I think did as effectively as it could what got canceled before it got finished. You know, yeah, exactly. It did it was going towards something 
probably good. I just, <laughs> oddly enough, know. Brooklyn Nine-Nine did a decent job. It like, the they knew of, they were ending, then they ended yeah. on that note, you know? And I think it's the kind of show that was always going to handle that kind of thing better, which is good. But still, there's a, like, conflict when you like this kind of show. And if you like mystery, unfortunately, that's one of the few options you get. Mm-hmm. So a lot, I mean, for me, my reading and watching has largely gone the way of the um, weird meddling, like, British lady solving murders now <laughs> instead. <laughs> like, uh, you know, a lot of us Marvel in my life now. There's murder she wrote going on. Because mm-hmm. I just can't with cop stories most of the time. Yeah. You know, sometimes Batman's a little much for me because of right? how cop adjacent he is, if not directly involved with cops. But that's my other show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we all want Bat Dad anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. So when I started reading these, there were a few moments, especially early on, where I was like, I feel a little weird, like mm-hmm. reading these stories where sure it's not the actual FBI, but it's FBI adjacent. It came out of the FBI. The BSI is, you know, part of the FBI. And it felt uncomfortable. And I remember when I wrote you and went, oh, I, I don't think these are propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was in book one, right? Like I think it was very is- funny, actually, because yeah. you wrote me, you're like, I think maybe by the end of this. Yeah. He's going to have quit the BSI. And right. here I am like four books ahead of you. <laughs> it was the, okay. First of all, we probably should have said this already. If you hadn't figured out, we're going to spoil the hell out of these books. <laughs> spoil the hell out of them. Um, you're not new here. Probably. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't just click on this episode because of what it's about. <laughs> oh no. Maybe we should put a spoiler Ooh. at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> like reveal one of the biggest right um but no that conversation was so funny we were on zoom together so i could see your face and so i I mean i knew i know and i'm i have the most easily readable face like i have a muppet face i saw you trying and it was real cute trying so hard but i didn't know what was gonna happen to be fair i just had an idea because i went i think they're gonna I think they're going to quit by the end, but my mind, I was thinking the end, like, like whatever the, book five, end of yeah. the series is, but I wasn't even sure if it'd be book five. Cause I wasn't, you know, it's not yeah. series and over. So I was like, some point they're going to, and at that point you were not, you hadn't read book five. No, was, I would think I was in four, I think maybe three or four. Right. Cause it happens so much earlier than you think it's Way going to. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, fuck this noise. <laughs> Right. But out of the gate, the the books are, these are problems. But it was one of those where I was trying to decide, like, is Charlie Adhara, is she like wrestling with it, but staying in the genre? And the answer was, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make it up. I'm going to, I'm going to do something else with this. I'm going to start from scratch, which is exactly what needs to happen for these systems to change. Yeah. I think that is, it's so interesting. So Cooper quits the BSI. He, the hints of him quitting are already in book one. Like mm-hmm. he is never, he he's never totally comfortable with it. Pretty yep. much the minute we meet him, he's pretty brainwashed into the system a little bit. He comes from a cop family. Mm-hmm. He was in the FBI. He was attacked by a werewolf. And then his partner, we find out, is horribly manipulating him. And he has some very specific psychological reasons why he's easy to manipulate in that specific way, which ends up being themes of later books yeah. um, by, you know, by older partners. We'll get into that. Whoo! <laughs> We will get into that. Oh, won't we? <laughs> uh, but 
he's never comfortable in the system. It, no. it, he's always considered an oddball because of how uncomfortable he is with it. And that he's like considered soft because he has, you know, compassion, heaven forbid. Right. <laughs> but, you know, when he quit so quickly, it was so shocking. And then he joins the uh, trust instead. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me too that went, I don't know if this is a solution. And then the books go, it's not. <laughs> I'm not just trusting Charlie and Hera. Right? <laughs> He's got me. <laughs> I mean, I love that by the time you get to book five, his cop family yeah. are all not cops anymore. No. Yeah. It's, Even his it's brother dumb. has quietly quit his job and is working from home. Yeah. As his wife, Sophie, is is the sort of yeah. primary kind of leave the house breadwinner kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and Ed has retired. Yeah. <laughs> They're not cops anymore. And uh, Park and Cooper are well on their way to completely quitting. I mean, we're not there yet with that. They're still in the trust at this point. But I think they're on their way to quitting and starting their own, like, thing. Resort slash um, (laughs) sanctuary. Sanctuary. (laughs) Right. There's a line in the fifth book where Eli and Cooper are talking and Eli goes, does Park know you have these revolutionary tendencies? And Cooper says some variation of he should by now. Right. (laughs) Which I mean, let's be fair. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Eli might be our, might be our Loki variant, but only because Cooper is as well. Right. Like Cooper. Oh my God. I love him so much, but yeah, I mean, he he is chaos like he is yeah. a disaster and it's yeah. the best thing you've ever seen it's so Absolutely. good <laughs> the, the fifth book centers around people thinking he is trying to fuck the system up and it is quite funny because he is <laughs> but not in the way that they think <laughs> so he's zigging when they're zagging <laughs> they're like he's committing murders he's trying to break down the packs and it's like well, I mean, he, I think he is trying to break down the, the wolf bags at this point. Like, yeah. I don't know that he's consciously caught up to the fact that that's what he's doing, but yes, yeah. the murders were though, they were not him. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. The effect. Yes. 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 Oh, I <laughs> the love shtick, it. No. <laughs> no, it's so good. And that's just one theme y'all. Yes. <laughs> we haven't even started on like communication. Oh my God. Let's do it. Communication. Oh my God. <laughs> Learning how to openly communicate in a healthy way. Yeah. It's huge. And like, you can see the steps. One, two, three, four, five. It's bonkers. It's It's baby stepping your way out of toxic masculinity. It is. And it's called out directly. And by directly, I mean, at one point Cooper says, I wonder how good I could communicate if I didn't have toxic masculinity. I was like, yes. Right. (laughs) We all wonder that Cooper, but yes. It's amazing though. Like it's, it's such an incredible thing because you get to see this, um, this toxic masculinity displayed and its effect on all of these relationships, like, and relationship development, uh, both familial and romantic, you know, like you have to see, you see that effect of toxic masculinity on how Ed raised the boys yeah, and, and how much that messed them up. You know, you see that in, and the breaking down of that as they all kind of face this part of themselves and try and dismantle it, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and you see that like where Sophie insists that Dean go to therapy because she doesn't want the influence of a man who can't be honest about his emotions Mm -hmm. on her kid, you know, who is 
amazing and interesting and and I I, I love Kayla I think Kayla is oh, yes. a really fascinating character Kayla is like identified as female in the book but is often presented in gender neutral ways which I think is yeah. really neat and so having yeah. this healthy masculine influence is really important to Sophie yeah absolutely it's it's truly fun to watch and it's so shocking how well this is conveyed like I joked earlier that you could use it as a class in communication but you really could mm-hmm. and yet it's not boring it is not like you know, it's not an after-school special on how no. to communicate. It's so effectively conveyed through characters. It is so smart. It's so well executed. I I love every second of reading it. And I think we've talked before on the show, uh, back in My Gentle Giant, about how important it is to have scripts that people read about their lives, mm-hmm. right? Like we need to see healthy versions of X, Y, and Z to know how to be that. Like we need our art to reflect what we can be, not just what we are. And I think this story does a really amazing job of showing a script of how to develop that when you didn't have it. Yes. And while it's not um, heavy on kink, it's very kink positive, which is nice. It's not not heavy on kink. (laughs) I I mean, fair, but I'm not, I'm not putting it out there. Like it's, it's a strictly BDSM book yes. it's not I would by yes. any stretch no um it is, but there's it is definitely some high kink in there. spice medium kick yes. <laughs> yes. it is it is like a five chili spice but yes. kink is only at medium yeah yes <laughs> um but it's definitely kink positive which I think mm-hmm. is really good mm-hmm. and and again needs to be part of that script I agree yes yeah it's huge like the communications about sex are so well done Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there is a lot of conscious, like consent to the process. Always, always. Oh always. my God. The consent is <gasps> sexy as hell. I'm not going to lie. Oh, sexy. Oh <laughs> my God. They're yeah. Cause and the two of them are very like that, you know, kind of, they play, they role play. We get to see mm-hmm. them role play there. And a lot of their play plays with ideas of like being captured or kidnapped, like all of that. And so it's really interesting to see that and see how they negotiate consent during it. Yes. Right. Like we're going to play with these ideas, but we are still always checking in with each yeah. other. Like maybe I'm going to pretend I have the, the one that comes to mind is when they're in the barn at yeah. Park's family estate. And it's like, Ooh, I've caught you, you thief. And I'm going to, you know, ravage you as punishment or whatever. And it's like, yeah really camp really over the top very funny and but the whole time park is kind of like this is this okay like he's playing very dominant and very like aggressive but is always like there's body language there's eye contact there's words occasionally like are you you remember our safe word is one of the things yeah and it's neat because yeah it does it is very camp it is very over the top in that one but it is also it doesn't ever lose the flow. Yeah. Oh, so again, it's that script, right? Yeah. That this is absolutely part of it. This consent process is absolutely part of it the whole way. And it can be without ever losing that momentum. Yeah. And there later on, and this is my next theme as well. um, I mean, Cooper realizes that he has PTSD, which is a great moment because (laughs) as a therapist reading a book, I was screaming, you have PTSD. (laughs) I know. <laughs> I know. At you frequently as I was like, he has PTSD. <laughs> when is he going to realize it? And, and again, I really got to learn to trust Charlie because <laughs> of course it was going to come up. 
<laughs> and it he, did. Yes. And he learns that. And it's complicated because his PTSD is around being attacked by a werewolf and he is dating a werewolf. And the way that that changes the consent conversation is so really lovely. Like I teared up several times with, you know, because at that point in their relationship, Park is showing him his wolf side more, which is a huge step. Mm -hmm. But then there's this like, if I show you this, this is going to scare you. Like what, where are your boundaries? How yeah. can I protect you and take care of you and be myself? And it's, I cried a lot. <laughs> I was especially fond of the section um, where they're in the hot tub with the other couple. And yes. um, they, you know, the other couple sees the scars and, and right. They were like, oh, that's, how did you come to be in this relationship? Like, didn't you, right. weren't you afraid? Didn't you sort of associate yeah. Park with that attack? And it never even occurred to Cooper. No. You know, like, yes, he has PTSD. Yes, he has trauma and and things yeah. associated with that that come up and, and are yeah. sometimes triggered by things associated with Park, but not by Park himself, right? Like yeah. not by the relationship, not by that. And mm-hmm. it never occurred to him. He's like, no, that wouldn't be fair. Right. Which I love that. I love that he said that, no, that would be fair. I do too. It's so brilliantly handled. I'm I'm always very moved by the um, the idea of couples checking in with each other in subtle, like nonverbal ways, especially when you can't, you know, verbally say you're good, right? Yeah. And in that scene too, there's moments where Park is like, touching his hand under the water like you know you give me a sign I'll get you out of here kind of exactly it's so good their nonverbal communication that's book um four four yeah uh their nonverbal communication at that point is so on point I love it so much it is it's brilliant but to your point like part uh, Park and Cooper's relationship is so interesting because they are enemies to lovers. Like they are not friends in the no. first book. But even still, when they're reflecting back on it after they're together, Cooper says like he never doubted. No, he Park- trusted him right from the beginning, yeah. even when he didn't want to, even when he was resentful right. about it. Yeah, even when he had his partner whispering in his ear that he shouldn't, he always did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, never thought Park would hurt him. Like he sometimes was worried about Park's motivation or like what he was up to or if he was biased in the case, but he never thought he would hurt him. And yeah. it's just, oh, my heart. I know. I love it. They're too good. Oh, yeah. But mental health, you know, on this point, mental health is kind of perfectly written in this. Cooper's PTSD, Park's kind of avoidance and anxiety perfect it's perfect that was my whole thought there's a therapist there's therapists in book four and even though one of them turns out to be a murderer that was my favorite thing again reading ahead of you was so funny because you legitimately came to me and said because I I was like I was dying for you to get to book four because I wanted to hear about the therapy I wanted to hear how this was done from a therapist you know yes and like my impression as Mm -hmm. a total lay person as somebody who's only impression of therapy is from having spent years and years in therapy (laughs) and now having listened to me rant about it I get a lot of lectures which is amazing (laughs) and I love that but but um I really wanted your perspective and so I was asking you know what do you think yeah whatever and you were just like well this therapist is really good I hope they're not evil and I'm like (laughs) okay I know at that point I know right it was so bad. You didn't give it away. That that was not like the well, they quit because 
you did not give it away. I didn't know. In my defense, why I said that, there is a trope that therapists either get murdered or were the murderer in every murder mystery. So the thing about this one that works is they're all therapists. Yes, there's multiple therapists. Oh, goddammit, I can't tell which one it's going to (laughs) be. So I was just waiting. I was like, one of the therapists is the killer, but I don't know which one. (laughs) So the interesting thing about that, character specifically is he's a good therapist you know if he wasn't murdering and experimenting on people (laughs) kind of like in supernatural one of my favorite lines ever was and Hannibal Lecter was a good therapist (laughs) you know it sucks about the eating people but I mean he really did a lot of good good at it (laughs) that's the problem he wasn't a bad therapist yeah people are complicated people are complicated that's what I felt about this character because I got the impression like I read way into his backstory we do not get this much of it but I get the feeling he was at one point great at his job Mm -hmm. like I think he's coming from a place of caring I think he has (laughs) I was about to say something truly wild (laughs) I'm gonna (laughs) still say it but I want to frame it with I know this is wild okay I have seen a version of this happen. Now, to be clear, none of the people I'm talking about killed anyone. (laughs) Or were werewolves, you know. I know of. I mean, (laughs) that I know of. Exactly. To both points. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. But, you know, this is a thing that happens. This is a risk of a helping profession is that you come in, you know, with idealistic ideas of how healing is going to work. And then it doesn't. It never does because people are complicated and you have two choices. You can adjust your expectations and learn to help people where they're at, or you can have what happened to this character happen to you, where you start to try to force them and you become burnt out on your compassion, Mm -hmm. which is what happened. Like he has lost his compassion. He doesn't have it anymore. And he thinks he can fix people. Now, (laughs) this spiraled into the murder and experimentation but it is coming from a place of something we do see in this field yeah a lot unfortunately yeah which i think is why it's such an effective tool i agree you know because this is like this is totally believable right up into the point where it goes into right this is a little bit fantastical but it's but it could happen like yeah like like, it's a little fantastical but could it happen yeah of course it could Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I think I think it is, you know, partially why it's hard to tell who's doing it because it's coming from such a real place. There's no mustache twirling villain character in any of them, really. Exactly. None of these mysteries are easily predictable. No. Um at all. And this one especially, I think, where, you know, which which uh therapist is murdering their clients was kind of a wild journey, but a lot of times, like the reason I react so badly to that trope most of the times, because they're not usually good therapists, right? Like you see this character and you're like, it's the bad therapist in it. The, yeah. the one that's a horrible therapist. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they're about to get murked. Like those yeah. are the two options, but the bad therapist is the one, right? And in this, you're just like, no, I would go to any of these people. <laughs> I feel like you could really help me. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Uh yeah. So the therapy's great was the point of all of that. And the other therapist, the one that 
isn't a murderer is a badass. I love Vanessa. <laughs> oh yeah. She's great. <laughs> she I was love good her. at trauma work. Like that was her yeah. specialty and she was so, it was so accurate and it was so well done. So that one, the book four that I have subtitled therapy camp therapy camp. Um, <laughs> has the one moment where I really related to Coop because like I'm, I'm park every other time, but <laughs> I had a moment where I related to Cooper yeah. in this book. And that was when he had to retake his AQ test. Oh my God. Yes. Because, okay. So like, <laughs> yes. again, this is just me sharing too much, but I, that's what we I, do here. Well, this is it, right. <laughs> I, um, when I was in high school, I went to like this sort of new program or whatever. And it was right. a lot of independent study units and things like that. And, um, so I had to do a lot of personality inventories to assess whether I'd be a good fit for this. And anyway, so I did all of this personality testing, like yeah. tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of it. Yeah. And I, I got into the program and I, so I got my, my first year of high school, basically as right. a big package at the beginning. And I finished it in like three months and right. moved on and did other classes and did all sorts of other things. But all that to be said, I consistently broke the tests. Yep. I just, and it, it's not that you can fail these no. tests. It's that, and the people who are administering the tests expect a certain range of results. So in, in the case of this book, they, they had it in their heads that you couldn't get yeah. a certain value. Right. And so when Cooper got the value that they expected he couldn't get, they made him retake the test. Well, right. the same thing happened to me over and yeah. over and over was no, this is not a value that people get on this test. So you must have taken it wrong or you must have done something wrong because that's what you want to hear when you're 14 and taking a personality God. test. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's a, a huge failing in the field of psych mm. is sometimes we can get so biased by what we expect to happen that we ignore what is happening. Yeah. 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 It took me a lot of years of to figure, science, figure yeah. that out. But yes, that is true to some yeah. degree or another of all science. That's why peer review is so important. People. Right. <laughs> right. If it can't be repeated by somebody who doesn't give a shit, it's yeah. not valid. <laughs> not. It's not. And it's also why, you know, I'm sorry, listeners, we're going to talk about stats for a second. Oh, <laughs> what we do. It's what we do. But it's why, you know, a lot of the, our tests and our, a lot of our personality measures or whatever are not really valid in the tails of our normal curve. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't score there. <laughs> so it's this complicated mess where we're like, well, we don't really have enough of that data to say anything effectively, but guess you're a genius or, you know, whatever it is that you're measuring. Like right. we don't, we don't know anything about the tails. And so a lot of the times what becomes, we don't know anything about the tails becomes we don't get the tails. So we don't see the tails. <laughs> if we don't look at them, they aren't there. <laughs> and when you are one, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it is a problem. So. All right. Welcome back everyone who skipped ahead 15 seconds. <laughs> and I mean, more power to you. I know, fair. You know what? Fair. Uh, going back to the first book for story specific right. though, uh, can we talk about when Cooper is in the crevice? Oh my God. Uh, this is like my <laughs> favorite moment of that. It's not as dirty as it sounds shockingly. <laughs> Honestly. Well, I mean, dirty, but not dirty, like not oh, no, spicy no. dirty. No, but that no, happens he, later. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. <laughs> He's in plenty of crevices later. <laughs> But at this particular point, he has been pushed down yes. into a physical oh crevice Lord. in the ground. <laughs> and he knows that he has been like attacked. Mm -hmm. 
So there are very few people around and he does not want to call the attention of the person who has attacked him. So mm-hmm. he's trying to figure out how he can call for help without doing so. So he's oh like, God. oh, my werewolf partner can hear things. I am going to speak quietly and call for my werewolf partner. Right. Oh, whose first name I don't actually know. And so he starts <laughs> trying to figure out Park's first name in this quiet voice calling for his help and so he's like frederick or john or whatever and then he's like hot ass park pretty eyes park at which point park actually shows up because this caught his attention so funny (laughs) oh i love it so much oh my god it's so good yeah so for the first book is like kind of a classic mystery book because each Mm -hmm. one has a kind of who done it yeah. yeah, a whodunit, but like a, a type of whodunit almost yeah. because we've, yeah, we've got our therapy camp in book four. Book two is like murder on a bay, yeah, <laughs> yep. which is a classic murder location. Boats and water and murder go together so well. Um, book three is rich people estate, also yep. classic murder location. Mm-hmm. Book four, therapy camp. When I told my mom I was reading a book about a therapy camp, she went, it's murder, right? Like, because- <laughs> Obviously. Nothing else happens at, at therapy camps. And then she goes, if you ever get a job at a therapy camp, I will lock you up. <laughs> I was like, fair. I might've done it. We don't know. I mean, <laughs> the stats are not with me on that. <laughs> and then book five is murder at a zoo. <laughs> yes. Good Lord. This, this series is so good with the settings. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, yes. So Book one is kind of the like, just in the wilderness type murder, yes. <laughs> which is also classic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Small town oh, murder. I love it. I love it. Book two starts with Coop looking for flowers. Oh my God. Which I love <laughs> when he's told not to be a daisy man. I love <laughs> that whole conversation. Like what each flower says is so funny. I love it so much. He's like, well, what about with a birthday gift? And she's like, whatever goes with whatever else you got him, because you better not be showing up with just flowers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And it's such a great swerve of what's happening. Cause they, they've gotten together just at the beginning. I mean, the end of book one. Yeah. So we know they're together and book two starts with this whole conversation. And then it turns out he's on a stakeout at the flower shop. <laughs> like, he's just got fully distracted, actually buying flowers for park while on a stakeout while he thinks the flower shop owner did it. Yes. And did. <laughs> so, well, no, it was the flower shop's owner's boyfriend, boyfriend who set who him up. Framed out. him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. It's so oh. good. But his whole coming out speech in book two with Dean, like his whole, that whole conversation, that was also amazing. So book two is one of my two favorites. Who's surprised? Uh, Not me. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) It's, uh, so in this one, he goes, he, he, like I said, he drags Park back to meet his family as his, his partner in, in the law (laughs) is how he's the way that they cannot keep us a secret is so funny, but yes, these very pretending they're just work partners. Okay. And we're going to go into favorite quotes here for just a second, because I can't not when Dean says you look at park, like you lost a million dollar lottery ticket in his ass. (laughs) The best. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it so much. Uh, that is you and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm not 
even a little bit wrong. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's truly like, yeah, Park's here thinking he's keeping this secret and he is working so hard to keep it secret and nobody is surprised. (laughs) Not even a little tiny bit. There's a part, so, you know, his family is in the midst of a murder investigation because a body is found on their property, which is such a good setup for a mystery. It's like exquisite. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Like family drama and actual murder in a small town where everybody's like houses point to the same area where the body was. I was like, this is my dream. (laughs) I love it. Oh my God. You are going to end up a therapist at a therapy camp. Oh God. That's how I die. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's my second act in life. When I retire from therapist, I'll be a murder solving uh, grandma. (laughs) Yes. I'm here for it. Good times. (laughs) I love it so much. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's my dream. I love it. You know, he's he's helping solve this murder and trying to keep the fact that he is gay and that werewolves exist a secret, which, by the way, Cooper, just too much to ask of anybody, but especially you. (laughs) Cooper is so obvious and there's actually a point when, like, the investigating FBI agents totally uncool out him to his dad. Yeah. The worst. So the worst. I... I want to say I can't believe it, but it's the FBI, so I can't. And these particular agents were especially bad, I feel like. I was just like, fuck these two. God, they were awful. But when that happens, he has a moment where he's like, who told them? And I know that that's an actual reveal and there's an answer, but I read that part and I was like, it could have been anyone. Honestly. (laughs) You literally are the most obvious. Uh, I honestly, I thought the twist was going to be they just had eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean? (laughs) they figured it out enough Uh to trigger Park into reacting. Yeah. So that they could like set him up. Well, it also turned out his ex boyfriend had told on him too, to some degree. Fucking Gabe. There's a character in every book that I'm just like, die. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It was definitely Gabe in that one. Yes. A 1000%. I mean, obviously Gabe was working through some things and I guess I could give him some room for that. Yeah, but he was also a douche canoe. But he was also a douche canoe. Like, sure, when he was a teenager, I could give him room for that. But now they're adults. Exactly. (laughs) Your room for that has, is like 10 years in the past, my dude. Yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah, Co- ship has Cooper's, I don't, I mean, there are more exes and I'm really curious if subsequent books were just going to continue to realize that Cooper has a list of douche canoe exes and that's right? it. Like, like Cooper's exes no are ones, right? owning Cooper's exes. <laughs> I mean, we only know about Eli, to be fair. Like Park hasn't had that many other than Eli right. Cooper, whereas Cooper, it seems to have an ever increasing list of the most narcissistic bastards you've ever. I met. mean, he's got a type. I know he really did swerve when he went to Park, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> Park must have smelled good. I smelled so good. <laughs> <laughs> they describe how good he smells all the time. Yeah. <laughs> And that he's warm. It is the middle of winter, listeners. And there were multiple moments where I was like, I want a werewolf to cuddle. Right? (laughs) I'm cold. (laughs) (laughs) 
God, I love it. I've already talked about this, but I'm going to say it again because book three, my favorite story specific is Eli's introduction, both as a wolf and as a person. Yeah. Because total king energy. Yeah. His introduction to the story is he walks onto the scene as a wolf and full on licks Cooper. (laughs) Chin to forehead. There's so much there. It is the sniffing and licking. It's such a weird sentence, but the sniffing and licking in this series is often so funny. It's so funny. I love it. And so him, him licking Cooper and then later Park coming up and sniffing that Cooper has been licked by his ex whose scent he recognized. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, like, like rubbing his face all over it. So he's like, Trying I'm to get sorry. the scent out. I want us to smell like us again. It's so funny. <laughs> so good oh my god I love it so much yep you know what though you do have to give Coop total props though for that book and him working through and then not losing his shit at park yeah for bringing him to his family and not warning them beforehand not telling oh good not telling his family not telling Cooper not telling anyone about the fact that Cooper's human and that that was going to be a problem for his family Oh, the, the panic, the secondhand panic that I felt when I realized they did not know. I was like, oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. So you have heard me talk about my deep and passionate dislike for the movie, The Happiest Season. Yes. (laughs) But not the why. We've never actually gotten into the why, sadly, because I haven't seen it. So, and also that (laughs) (laughs) I know many people like it. And I know that many people have written actually many words on this specific plot point, but I could not get past it. There is spoiler alert for happiest season, I guess. Um, The conceit of that movie is that the girlfriend brings her girlfriend home for Christmas and doesn't tell her family that they're dating and doesn't tell the girlfriend that she hasn't told the family. Oh, (laughs) right. Yeah. The not telling that they're dating part. Fine. Not making the other person aware of this until they're. That's where you lose me on their way yeah to there and then proceeds like okay could have worked but in that particular movie proceeds to gaslight and manipulate the hell out of her girlfriend because of it so fucked and the fact it's supposed to be a romantic comedy i was just like this is a horror movie it's get out with lesbians but (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't know it's a horror movie oh no (laughs) side note so that was a side to that so it can be done very poorly but the way that they work through their problems is so healthy. Like they do fucked up shit to each other. They do. They, they make mistakes. Own it and they work out it. And yeah. they are so dedicated to working on it and so scared of losing each other. It's so oh God. And so there's multiple times in that park where Park is like, well, he's breaking up with me, which we yeah. don't know because we're all in Cooper's perspective. And this is something I... I love in a series is when we get to see the miscommunications in a realistic way, you know, um, we talked about this in another book we shared, which is red squirrel of magic. Yes. The character sees a scene and reads it totally one way. And then you learn the other character read it the total opposite way, which is yeah. Happens on the regular. Yeah. Was so good. And it's really good here. And they work through it, which is what makes it different. Yeah. I love it. I love that they talk through stuff. I love that they acknowledge the problems. Like that. I love that like Park is just so apologetic. He's like, I'm so sorry. And then, and Cooper appreciates that apology and he knows that it's right. And he, he, 
he wants to say it's okay but he knows it's not so he doesn't and i i have yes. i've honestly been in that spot because sometimes it's so knee-jerk to just say it's okay when somebody says i'm sorry yeah. but it's not it's not okay yeah but that doesn't mean they're not forgiven yes you know it doesn't mean that you don't understand where they were coming from it doesn't mean that you don't yeah. have compassion for that it yeah. does mean that it's still not okay yes like those things can all be true together at the same time yeah. you know cooper's like i'm not angry I, I've, I've, oh. I was, <laughs> yeah. He's like, then I met your family <laughs> and then I understood things made sense then, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, but. no. And I, I love that, that Cooper is so invested in making that family interaction work, oh, whether it's so painful it is going to, or not, you know, like, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, it hurts. But at least like, great way to read if that makes any sense yeah <laughs> the angst is exquisite and for us two being people who particularly dislike secondhand anxiety oh god I, oh god there were moments where it got close but i think yeah. this this book manages it really effectively where it's never too much yes because there are certain family dinners in this book that were right on the edge razor's edge yeah. of being too much i may have tried to hide behind my shirt which didn't work because it's a book uh, nope. <laughs> oh god oh no it's still there yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you're chewing off your own leg to get away <laughs> uh, the awkward family dinners nothing beats it <laughs> oh god crazy uh, yeah so then we hit book four, which we've talked about a lot already, yep. which is therapy book. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Oh God. The exploration of his PTSD in this book. I, I really can't say yep. enough that he, the dissociation, the flashbacks, like it's all very triggering if you have PTSD. So like fair warning. It, <gasps> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so effectively uh, written. It's beautiful. And it's, again, it is. These books are also could be a class on how to love each other through mental health. Mm-hmm. Like I love so it. supportive. They're so supportive. I love that the book, like the main takeaway at the end is he realized he goes to a therapy camp where multiple people are murdered, realizes he needs to do real therapy. And I love that. I know. I was like, how great is that? Oh my God. It's, it's so, good. so amazing. It's, it's so amazing. Good. I love and it, I love that he learns like to ask for what he wants to, yes. and that, you know, like they, that they both have value and that, yes, uh, just yes. it's that proposal scene. Oh my God. We could talk a billion years. Like each stage of their relationship is honored in such a lovely way. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's part of what the joy of getting to see a relationship that progresses is, but you know, specifically we see them get, to, we see them hook up in the mm-hmm. first book. And then spend the whole second book trying to figure out if they're together, which is so funny. I I love love it so much. My idiots in love. They're the only two who can remain idiots in love after they're together. Right? (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Like, they are so committed before they realize they're in a relationship. It's amazing. It's bonkers. By uh, the end of book three, they are um, living together or going and they like... They're living together in Cooper's apartment, but they are going to get a place together for the two of them. And so they start book four house shopping. And that is probably the funniest thing that I have read about house shopping in my entire life. 
it's so real and so funny because <laughs> wow they are not on the same page and that is hysterical they're both trying to give the other one what the other one wants without knowing what that is yeah it's like they're playing a game of warmer colder <laughs> but without any hints no they're like is this better <laughs> nobody answers With, but park has a little book that he's recording every possible micro expression that Coop displays to try and figure it out. With my broken brain that I thought keeping a notebook, (laughs) trying to guess what somebody wants was romantic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how many notebooks do I have? So many. (laughs) I was like, oh, I mean, he was this close to just an Excel spreadsheet of Cooper's wants. (laughs) Right? I thought it was real cute. Oh, God. That said, I fully understood Cooper feeling very intimidated by that. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> <But> like also, <laughs> it's so funny to me, the progression of this too. And like the descriptions of yes. the backgrounds and things like that. Like in book two, we have the description of the bell house, yes. you know, where Gabriel lives and everything like that. And it's this oh, yes. like cold, unfeeling McMansion style, like, yeah, you know, and they, they specifically mention multiple giant empty vases. Yes. Okay. And then in the house hunting at the beginning of book four, we have the archway and the foyer, call me a ballroom and the, (laughs) you know, empty vases. Oh my God. And then we, of course, let's start book five. Book five. (laughs) And Park is ordering his empty vase and Cooper's going to die. Like he's dying inside. He's like, what am I going to lose in this? I'm going to lose Boogie. I'm going to lose my self-respect. I'm oh my god it's so funny how much crisis there can be over male <laughs> and it, honestly it's just like because they have these two people coming at it from different perspectives yeah. you have somebody from a lower middle class perspective right. and somebody who's raised quite rich right and their different ideas of what yeah their sort of ideal house should look like right and yeah and it, it dovetails into a conversation he ends up having with Dean that is so powerful where Dean is the one to finally point out to him because Cooper book five's like Cooper's arc in book five is why he feels unlovable which we said we'd get to it and I think we're there oh yeah (laughs) so fucked up so he was in an abusive relationship like a fucked up abusive relationship and he has not processed it Still, you know, I, I'm, I'm waiting for more processing of it, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. And again, it's Charlie and Harris, so we'll get there. Yes. In Charlie, um, we trust. In Charlie, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the episode title? Yeah. Did I just do it? <laughs> God. <laughs> After these messages. Okay. <laughs> broke me (laughs) (laughs) sorry not sorry (laughs) I cannot collect (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) so back to talking about abusive relationships (laughs) oh okay god okay so he's in this abusive relationship specifically he just starts at the FBI he is a baby 20 year old and there's a moment later when he's telling the story at parks like we're a child and Cooper's like no I was an adult and I just kept thinking my undergrad students who think they're adults and I'm always like you're children 
right? Like technically, are you legally an adult? Yes, but yesterday you were a child. So and your brain not fully formed. No, you've got a few years first. You are not done cooking. <laughs> God, and it's oh, it's such a common pattern. Unfortunately, like these older people in positions of trust who technically legally didn't do anything wrong, but are preying on someone who has this huge power dynamic difference. Mm -hmm. Like this is a mentor in the FBI. You know, this is someone much older. I think how like 20 years, like it was. Yeah. This is significant. Yeah. It was enough that eyeballing at Park was like, fuck. (laughs) And I mean, like, that's not to say that age difference in and of itself is a significant factor because when you meet at the same place with no power dynamic issues and things like that, it absolutely can work. I've seen it happen myself. In this case, very specifically, not so much. And it's less about the age difference and more about the power difference. Right. Age difference is a thing to navigate. Yes. It it's neutral, right? It is not well, caveat, caveat. Once you are an adult, yes, yes. Well, let's let's big huge caveat there. Exactly. Once you're an adult, age is a thing to navigate. Mm -hmm. If you are mature enough to navigate it, who cares? Exactly. If you are not, I don't care what age you are. Yeah, Because I would argue the older guy in this situation was not mature enough to handle an age difference. Quite like, clearly. People like that. People that kind of abusive look for people they can manipulate. Yes. It just so happens it is often easier if that person is younger. Yes, exactly. Right? And the perception of someone being older, being trustworthy makes that easier. Yeah. So there's a lot of, yeah, so to be clear, it's not the age difference. It's what you do with it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, like many things in life. <laughs> and it, it, you know, you know, my specific obsession with Taylor Swift and all too well, mm-hmm. but that song and the like 15 minute movie that came from it were playing in my head in the scene because yeah. that's exactly what happened with Taylor an unnamed guy who has her scarf, who we totally don't know who he is because- <laughs> Lander. Um, <laughs> reliable, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> some guy, maybe his name's Jake. Who knows? I mean, anyway, it could happen. Theoretically, it could. Let's just make, for, for instance, a Jake. Um, <laughs> there are some people who are here because they listen to talking comics who have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I think that's great. <laughs> Exactly. Go down a t- TikTok rabbit hole. You'll have fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But that's, you know, what she created that movie about mm-hmm. was that specific kind of abusive older man yeah. who preys in that case on a younger woman absolutely happens regardless of gender who preys on a younger person yes. who is at a place where being preyed on is easier than yeah. other times. Yeah. And especially in those particular circumstances where you're looking for a mentor, where you're looking right. for sort of a hero to worship, like there's, there's other elements there as well. Right. Like- right. Yes. Yeah. Him, him being higher in the FBI would have already been uh, enough. You know, we, it's interesting to talk about therapy as a relationship, but it is a kind of relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that we spend a lot of time researching and talking about what makes a power differential 
and the, you know, it's an, it's accumulating thing. You know, the more that you have, the more careful you need to be. If you're older than your client, you need to think about it. If you're white and your client is not white, you need to think about it. If you're a man and your client is not a man, you need to think about it, you know, period. And each one of those you add on, you need to think about those things, right? Yeah, like that, exactly. The power differential is exponential. So it's not that it can't work, that it can't be fine. It's that you better be way more intentional. Yes. And relationships are the same way. Like you can have a relationship that starts from a power differential. You just better be fucking intentional with it. Yes. Um, you better be careful. And I mean, I think that that is reflected in Park and Cooper, because if we're talking about physical power, Park is so much more physically powerful than Cooper. Yes. But there is so much intention that it never is a problem. Exactly. Yeah. That's actually a really good allegory. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why my voice did that. (laughs) God, there's a lot of alcohol in my system. I'm here for it. <laughs> I feel like we should always do two episode recordings so we can have the most unhinged second episode. I know. I love this. This is great. Remind me that I love this tomorrow when I'm at work. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah. Will we love this? Tune in next time. <laughs> the narrator. They did it. <laughs> they did not, in fact, love this. <laughs> they realized they might be too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> and yet there's still so much coming because we have not gotten into predictions. We have not oh, gotten into are, my fan oh, cast. We are not done. No. Friends. <laughs> We're never, this episode is just eternal. <laughs> You're in it now. You are in it. You signed up for this, but you didn't actually, but here we are. <laughs> Did we hit all the story specifics we wanted to? Oh, the abusive ex dies. <laughs> I was real happy about it. <laughs> it's extremely satisfying. <laughs> lie I kind of wanted it to be because Park killed him but I knew it wasn't gonna happen I mean I think it's best that it didn't because then they don't have to carry that in their relationship but but a little bit that I want it yeah of course (laughs) or Eli you know it'd be real fun if Eli just got out yeah I'd be on board for that you know what but no but it's he died and that's what's important (laughs) I love the fact that Cooper is now leading a little pack me too. Oh, pack as metaphor for found family is everything in my life. I don't, it's so good. We haven't even really talked about the fact that Cooper has realized despite not being a wolf, he is an alpha. (laughs) 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 Is so funny and so interesting. And I have no idea where it's going or what it means yet, but I love it. Right. It's so good. (laughs) Um, But you know, he, this is mind blowing to him because he has a perception of himself that is totally wrong. Like yeah, his self-perception is that he is unlovable that, so this is what comes from the abusive ex, right? Like he gets yeah. this idea that he is prickly, but underneath prickly, he is cold and hollow. Yeah. Which, oh my God. First really not the case yet (laughs) yeah first of all not the case and second of all you don't think you're traumatized because of this boyfriend who said that to you right good lord there's a moment because park's super hearing sometimes he hears things he's not meant to and we find out that park has heard the ex-boyfriend say this when cooper later says it as if it's his own thought and park goes you shouldn't believe what i think of you or anyone else (laughs) For example. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
But then for him to realize he is not only an alpha, but that he can have his own pack and that he is the nexus around which this pack grows. Yeah. I love it so much. Our boys are growing up. I know. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, do you have any predictions for this? So I think that Cooper is the moon. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like we need to explain that because that's an unhinged sentence. <laughs> I'm a, I just think, you know, I mean, you can just he's leave that moon. right there. I love and that. The stars and the sky. No, mm-hmm. he's the, the moon, which we don't know what is. To be no, fair. we really don't. No, but the moon is a werewolf myth, question mark. Uh, at least people think maybe it's a myth, but it also is possible. It's in fact true. Um I do think there's a great moment where Park is like, are you really this hung up on it being a myth? I'm a werewolf. (laughs) I love that. Know what's possible, Cooper. (laughs) Give your fucking head a shake. (laughs) Good Lord. Like, come on. (laughs) So good. It's something and it's powerful and we don't know what it is, but I think it's Cooper. (laughs) Harbinger of change. Yeah. Loki variant. Yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. he's bringing the multiverse. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as far as predictions go, I mean, I do think he's going to be the downfall of literally every power system in this world. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it looks like on the other side of that, but I'm here for it. Right? I really want to know what it looks like on the other side. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm like so excited for the world that Cooper creates. Like, right? He's going to fuck it all up and then you know, see where the coins land. I guess so. I'm excited. Yeah. That's my prediction. I I really want a little like, and I know this is like the Eli offshoot, but I'm really excited for the Eli story where he goes and is the curator of this like resort slash rebel stronghold. (laughs) Yeah. And that we get like side stories of Park and Cooper up there for a romantic weekend getaway kind of. Yeah. I agree. My other prediction is that we will get more pack members. Yes. I don't 100%. know. Who, I don't know who they will be. I kind of want Dean and Sophie to be pack by the end. Oh, uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cute? Uh, also, um, Boogie is definitely being the honorary treasurer. Yeah, I love that there's a line when Eli is like, I want you to know you're fourth in the pack. And Park goes, who do you, what do you mean fourth? There's three of us. And he's like, no, Boogie's ahead of you now. <laughs> <laughs> so good i mean real talk yeah yes the pack is literally one human two werewolves and a cat as it should be as it should be you know what here's my unhinged prediction throw this out there i love it here's who i think will be packed by the end of the stories okay let's go yeah ava the neighbor that takes care of the cat yeah <laughs> so she right now all she is is a cat sitter and all we've seen of her is a couple of text messages and the fact that she was invited to the wedding which is so funny i love that <laughs> it's, cooper's ongoing ad- adoration for this 10 year old girl is so cute um <laughs> he's just favorite neighbor and i love it yeah and and i think she calls her um um boogie's like godmother or something yeah. like that <laughs> good uh so i think at some point she's pack like yeah she, she grows up she becomes pack yeah uh i think santiago becomes pack oh yeah that's i love that I, that's all i've got but that's okay. what i've got so far i'm here for it ava santiago dean and sophie <laughs> yep kayla obviously kayla 
Yeah. You know what? Kayla, Ava, ship when they're grown. Ooh. There we go. I like it. All right. You want to hear my fan cast? Please. Do you have predictions? Uh, you actually covered my prediction of the oh. pack growing. <laughs> we share a brain. It had we to really happen. Do. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Uh, so yes, for Ollie, I have Jason Momoa, <gasps> right? Oh, Chris XCX is offline. <laughs> <laughs> and for Cooper, I have Ryan Gosling. Ooh, Jason Momoa and Ryan Gosling. Are you sure. trying to kill people? <laughs> right? Wait for it. Okay. Uh, Eli, Oscar Isaac. <gasps> You are trying to kill people. Yeah. You want people dead. Yeah. <laughs> Cola, Viola Davis. Oh, that's good. Right? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dean, Ryan Reynolds. Oh! Yep. With Sophie as Tessa Thompson. <gasps> oh, my God. Yes. And Ed, Eugene Levy. Oh, my God. I have Ed as a total Eugene Levy. Right? I love that there's a world where Eugene Levy's kids are Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling. Look, I kept it Canadian. <laughs> That's really cute, though. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Right? That's such good casting. Can you see it? I can see I it. I do. I do see it. It's correct. Right? <laughs> In fact, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so good. I'm just gonna live in this space for a moment. Right? I mean, obviously, irrespective of budget. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, this is like the highest budget series of murder mysteries. <laughs> Maybe it's like it's made by the team that made knives out. Yes. Oh my god, that would be good. That would actually be amazing. Yes. <laughs> Follow up to Knives Out. Adapt the Gay Wolf book. Yes, please. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'd watch the crap out of that. That would be really good. This is a good space. They would have a lot of great sweaters. It'd be perfect. Oh my God. Imagine oh them with so God. many good sweaters. Park and all of his sweaters. <gasps> good Lord. Oh God. The series. <laughs> I am unwell. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> okay. Well, that just happened. That- <laughs> You're welcome, internet. Go forth and write fan fiction with that in mind. Uh, That leads right into favorite quotes. Yes. I had to bring a spicy one to the table. I'm not going to lie to you. Hit me with it. I'm so ready. Right from the first book. Knowing I'm going to take you right under his bigoted nose makes me hard enough to drill through a wall. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so good. I love it. I love it so much. Whole conversation with the flower lady, but before you go sending messages, maybe you better figure out what it is you want to say. Oh, I love love it. I love, there's so many different moments. I grabbed a few selections, but I love when they're describing what their relationship feels like, like the Mm -hmm. energy of it. There's so many good lines. There's one uh, where this is in book two, where Cooper is like, Park had him like a fever. (gasps) Oh. Thought-altering, blood-boiling, all-consuming. Oh my god, I love it. Ah! I also love in book five when they're, he's talking about how the family keeps trying to spring plans on them. And mm-hmm. like they're just not that spontaneous because of work and stuff like that. And 
<laughs> he's being a little bit, uh, you know, his prickly porcupine self. And he says, of course. no, we can't drive down tonight for dinner. Do you think blood moon rituals just can be just for scheduled <laughs> willy nilly? <laughs> Mine is also from that book when uh, Helena, which is the matriarch of Park's family is he's having she's having a conversation with cooper about their park and cooper's relationship which is so great and she goes don't take it personally you seem like an interesting enough boy i see why ollie is drawn to you he always did like a challenge once as a child he brought home a raccoon half torn up by coyotes that thing wanted nothing to do with him and taught him every day by the end of the week i don't know who looked worse off the raccoon or oliver but he did insist on trying cooper just blinked was he the raccoon in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. The whole Cooper and Helena relationship arc is quite entertaining for me. I really yes. enjoy that he has mostly won her over, even though she's like the prickliest of prickliest pairs. Honestly, it's really I, good. I'm really proud of him, which I know is a ridiculous thing to say about a uh, you know character in a book, but. I'm really proud of him for not falling victim to the whole you should leave Park for Park's sake thing she tried to throw at him in book two. Me too, especially because of how insecure he is about the relationship. Mm -hmm. But he's like, he's like, no, not that one. I I see. I see you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Agreed. And still always don't be a daisy man friend. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I, so I also, this line, can we talk about healthy relationship expectations? Um, one person can't love you enough to make up for all the people who don't, but Cooper wasn't trying for all the people, just the one just for right now. Oh, Uh, (laughs) I am broken. (laughs) That made me make a Muppet face. It sure did. (laughs) Oh God. So good. I love it so much. (sighs) I mean, we have actually gotten everybody in our evil chat of evil to read this book. I'm pretty sure. We have. And good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm slowly just trying to convince all of Twitter to read it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's perfect. And by book, I mean series because now there are five. Yeah. We do call it a gay wolf book, which is inaccurate because it's actually gay wolf series. But it was Gay Wolf Book to begin with, and that is how it is called <laughs> it now. We'll live in our hearts as that. Exactly. There's Hot Pumpkin Daddy <laughs> and, and there's Gay, Gay Wolf, Wolf Book. book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. My final quote. This is the one I will end on anyway. Park laughed. Cooper, there isn't a room in the world I would be embarrassed to walk into with you by my side. Not even if you were wearing a sunflower on your head. Aww. I do love that. I do too. I mean, and I could go on forever. I'm scrolling through the book, looking at what I highlighted. And I kind of wonder if I left anything unhighlighted. This was my issue. I'm like, I legitimately started going through these books again to find like pull out quotes and and find themes and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden I found myself two thirds of the way through book three, having read all the way through books one and two. Right. And I started that like (laughs) two days ago. Yeah. (laughs) They are bite size. Like they they, they aren't short, not really, but they feel short. Like they Mm -hmm. are incredibly readable Mm -hmm. 
surprisingly deep, absolutely captivating. Totally. Just the right amount of spice. So much spice. (laughs) (laughs) And it's great. It is high quality spice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's top shelf spice right there. (laughs) The ones that come in the fancy glass bottles. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And there you have it, folks. Shots, 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 shots. And where can our listeners find you, Bronwyn? You can find me on all the things at Shiny Baby B. I mostly live on Twitter, where I usually am tweeting about what I'm reading because I'm always reading. And you can find me on Twitter at the Myth of Psyche, where I tweet about feminism, psychology, and also what I am reading. And you can find me also on Gotham Outsiders, a podcast talking about queerness and feminism in the Bat family with my co-host, TJ. And you should also be checking out our parent podcast at Talking Comics on Twitter, or you can email them at podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. And if you want to uncork more web comics goodness from our show, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Thirsty on Tune, where we should be reading, drinking, and being nerdy. 